the room fill up. Appreciate everybody for being part of this day. Really do. Cowboy Nation. All day, every day, right? As we began to talk about this. Hey. Let me know if you're part of the notification squad. <laughs> Come on, Cowboy Nation. Let's get this thing going one way or another. Yes. We're live like 95. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. As we began to talk a little bit about the 2019 draft, I uh, appreciate everybody for watching the reaction videos. Not getting the post that I really want, but it's one of those things where you got to start something new, different, fresh, and a different look, a different um, view of things, and then uh, hopefully that will be a trendy uh, little deal there. But uh, so far, so uh, much. I, I really appreciate each and every last one of you guys for participating and watching the reaction videos. And um, <clears throat> neither of those videos have yet yet hit a thousand views. So I don't know. I, I need to get a post whether or not you guys like the reaction videos or you don't. If not, then I can stop doing them. Uh, appreciate you, fellows, man. Three hundred. Uh, it's one of those things, man, where we're talking about draft needs, right, versus the best player available. I really want to know. I want to know what's on your mind, Cowboy Nation. Uh, do you go with that? Is it a mixture of both? Is this something that you will sit back and say to yourself, hey, when I'm looking at a drafted player, do I go with what my team actually need or do I go with what I want? Or if you look at this aspect do i actually go with the best player available now we can look at it and, and and talk about these things the taco chartons of the world right was he the best player available or was he the best defensive end available or was he was a drafted need at that time did we do a little bit too much reaching or was it something that we were saying to ourselves this is a known commodity that we would have to have on his team because at that time, D-Law was not the D-Law that we know of today, right? We can argue that that Randy Gregory, uh, who is Randy Gregory at that time? So was it like, a, a I guess, a, a move where we said to ourselves, this is something that can grow with the team? Or, you know, was it just a horrible pick? We got to look at all those parameters. Uh, appreciate everybody for being part of this day. Let me put the comment sessions up because I, I love seeing this. And, and uh, especially for those who don't know, or who are not aware, uh, this will be also broadcast on Roku. So and, and trust me, it's, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun to know that your name can be on the screen. So uh, I, I really appreciate each and every last one of you. Patrick, Hunt, thank you for being part of the mix on the Periscope. Uh, should we draft two offensive line in the second and the third round? This is from Hator Rivas. Uh, my thing is with this, and, 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 I, and I'm going to piggyback off what you said with the offensive line. Travis Frederick's coming back, right? <laughs> so I already heard talk tracks of him uh, saying that he's even available if the game were, were today, he's able to do at least two or three series. So, my only thing is all offseason strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning for Travis Frederick. He can get back into the fold. So what would you do with Joe Looney of the world, right? Where all of a sudden our offensive line, where we look weak at, becomes our strength. Because you got Travis Frederick inside, and then also you have Zach Martin to the right of him, and then Lyle Collins, this should be his better year going into his third year playing right tackle. We can, we can say that, although I, in my opinion, 
he's one of the better uh, guards on his team, but he just so happened to play right tackle. I digress. This is another thing that I really want to bring home to. Uh, appreciate another donation to help grow the nation. Uh, he says, go ahead, go ahead. This is AI. David Alexander, La. How about defensive tackle, second round, offensive player, third round, and fourth round? Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, that's a very good question there. Um, all right, so this is what I want to talk about with that. And, and, and just to shore up what I was saying about the offensive line, that's, that's very uh, uh, knowledgeable of you, David Alexander the Great. Appreciate you for the donation to help grow the nation. This is the thing. Okay, so our offensive line, we already know that Connor Williams is going to play, be a little bit better player as it relates to this year coming around, right? It's just going to happen. Naturally so. He's going to be a better guy. He's going to be more physical, more talented in his particular position. Of course, we had his rookie hiccups and things like that. Only reservation would, would be, hey, Lyle Collins, is he a better left guard than a right tackle? But they, they're going to do that. They're just going to keep him at right tackle. We can talk about a Tyron Smiths. You know, can he stay healthy? I, I, there's a uh, stat out there that he gave up more pressure than any other left tackle in the NFL this year. That's not something that you would brag home, bring home and say, okay, we straight good on that side. <laughs> so anybody that you draft could possibly be on the bench. And with the second round draft pick, we don't want that, right? So you got to look back at the drawing board, best player available versus best team needs. We can look at what my guy David Alexander the Great said. He was talking about defensive tackle. Now, to be honest with you all, everybody that can hear me talk about this, this is the thing. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. This will be the thing right here. There are only, according to the draft index, about 16 first-round draft picks that got grades as a first round draft pick 16 everybody else where we picking at we're more so looking at a third round grade grade uh, draft player so a good nasty defensive tackle hanging around in the latter picks of the second round is very wishful thinking in order for in order for us to get a dominant defensive tackle out of this draft we're going to have to figure out how to move up a little bit and sacrifice maybe a next year's pick or a combination of picks from this year to move up to get somebody that's going to be decent. Because at that point, like I said, and what the draft index indicates, that there's only about 16 first-round draft picks. Everybody else would probably have a, a second or third-round draft grade at that point at pick number 70, pick numbers 22, pick number 23, 24, and beyond. So, what we're going to have to figure out to do is either dance in the free agency or make a trade move before the draft and solidify that particular deal. And then on top of that, just to enjoy Amari Cooper as our first round draft pick and just enjoy that because I don't really know that if anybody going to make that much of an impact like Amari Cooper did you know, in their first year, if we were to sit around and say, okay, we're going to draft a wide receiver with the first round draft pick. I don't think nobody would make those type of uh, leaps and bounds of what Amari Cooper did this year. 
If anybody can correct me on that, educate me, I will I would love to listen. You know, I'm all open ears here. Uh, but this thing, this is the thing drafting a best player available versus team needs you're going to have to make a sacrifice if you really want that that trailblazer of a player and when i'm talking about sacrifice who is next on the first round i guess first round draft grade Jalen smith was a first round draft grade but he had an injury right and i'm coming home with this he was a first round draft grade they made it they made a uh, i guess a a gamble move to go ahead and make that move on him, make that play on him, just like Randy Gregory, you know. So in order for us with the second pick to get a first-round draft-grade caliber player, we will have to gamble again, just like we did with Randy Gregory. There was some off-field issues. There was some already he had coming into the league, already had stripes against him, right? Strike this out, strike that out. A trouble player with off-the-field issues, <laughs> And, and 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 we already know what they are. I'm not even going to speak it out into the atmosphere. And we had made the similar deal with Jalen Smith. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things where we can argue a little bit about, uh, about D-Law, but those were the re- reservations that a lot of people had with the, uh, with the second round draft pick. You have to understand, okay, in order for us to get a first grade in this uh, draft of a, out of a second-round draft pick, we have to look and dig deep, deeper, deeper into the situation. And I know I'm long-winded with this, but there's a guy named Bryce Love, I believe, snapped up his ACL. Now, coming out of college, they said with his particular skill set that he's like a Saquon Barkley. Some can argue and say, okay, he's a little bit better. Some, I heard some scouting reports said that he's similar to Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, my goodness. Law, why, why are you mentioning another running back right now? <laughs> well, this team is built to run the rock, right? They invested a lot of money, a tons of cachet uh, for that front offensive line. Yes, indeed. Let's see what Toot Robinson appreciates for the donation to help grow the nation. Let's see what we have to say. AI. I like Malcolm Brown from New England at defensive tackle. Young, experienced with championship pedigree. 6, 2,320. Mm. AI, you left out 6, 2, but I, I, I'll take that. Uh, thank you, Toot Robinson. So he said 6, 2, 320 pounds. Hey, a, a guy that was in the uh, first round, Malcolm Brown. I think the uh, we passed up on him, and, and we selected – I forgot who we selected in front of him. And the New England Patriots said, okay, we'll grab him because I liked him coming out of college. I, I think that he would, dwell, he, he would do well inside. You got Malcolm Brown next to uh, Malik Collins, who's a nice three-tech. Now you have the guy Malcolm Brown who can line up at zero. I, I, I think that he can create pressure into the inside. That would be a good move for us. That will be finally we will have a guy that can collapse the pocket, penetrate inside, forces the quarterbacks to roll out to the right or the left. And you have Randy Gregory meeting them <laughs> and you will have D-Law saying, what's up? <laughs> I'm ready to eat. So, yeah, that will be nice. Malcolm Brown, free agency. So Toot Robinson is thinking on the same page that I'm thinking. Maybe you don't get maybe you don't get a nasty defensive tackle in the second round because there's nobody that's going to be out there. Uh, just going to have a clean sheet. If not, you're going to have some flaws. But. We can gamble a little bit. Let me know best player available versus team needs. 
if Bryce Love is there, think about this, and I'm going to drive home with this. If you get him, you already know that Ezekiel Elliott wants cash. He wants cold, hard cash. I think that he want to be one of the highest paid running backs, which rightfully so. He deserved that. He do. <laughs> but one can argue if if we have a better spell back to help out Ezekiel Elliott, we will see him flourish even more. And then on top of that, maybe, just maybe, and I'm not saying this, don't, 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 don't try to fight me, Cowboy Nation. <laughs> but I'm not saying that you do not pass up on the fact of paying Ezekiel Elliott. But good Lord, if you got Bryce Butler doing his, I mean, I'm saying Bryce Butler, oh my Lord. Bryce Love doing his deal <laughs> out there on the field. You got more of the power in your hands there. You got more power in your hands there. And, uh. It's going to be one of those things, man. Shout out to the Stellos. What we got here? Hey, uh, speak. Exactly what is needed. A number two back. Def tackle. Could be possible to trade up or solid free agent? Hmm. Can we uh, definitely a tackle trade up for a solid free agent? Um, uh, I don't know about that. Um. We're going to have to will and deal. We we are going to tr terminate. Appreciate you. He says, lost the loop. Appreciate you. Uh, this is the thing. And, and, and I'm saying this uh, jokingly. I mean, do you really want to pay Ezekiel at all that money? I mean, we're seeing that uh, this offensive line is where we really invested our money at. But do you really want to pay Ezekiel at all the money? Do you really want to go back and say, okay, all right, I know a lot of people going to send me hate mail, but they said, okay, you not willing to pay Ezekiel Elliott, but you are willing to pay Dak Prescott law. What planet are you living on? But no, what I'm saying is, uh, and this is just me jokingly saying this, you know, and I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is Peyton Manning, but let's, let's look at the Colts and what they did. Right. It took them forever to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that it took them forever to win that freaking Super Bowl. But starting off, they had Edgerin James. Mm. He skipped a lot of people's mind. Remember Edgerin James coming into the uh, National Football League? Everybody was comparing him to Eric Dickerson. Now, also, he was a guy that can block well, and he saved a lot of games for Peyton Manning. He did. Then he also had a guy named Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. They had a guy named Dallas Clark. They was loaded on the offense. And one can argue that Tony Dungy was a better coach than a uh, Jason Gary, right? So when you have these type of skill sets, you have these type of players out there, nothing is guaranteed. Nobody's going to say, hey, you're going to win a Super Bowl because you got an explosive offense. The defense struggled. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is collectively, uh, name me the all-pro guys that's on this offense. I'll wait. I will flat-foot wait. Is <laughs> there's nobody on the wide receiver court. One can argue Amari Cooper belongs there, but he's no Marvin Harrison at this point. <laughs> and he's not close to a Reggie Wayne at this point. What's what I'm trying to bring out. And I don't think that we have anybody that's close that can speak to, in the parameters of a Dallas Clark at this point. So what I'm saying is that we have, we still have a young team. And what we can do to help elevate this young team is to maybe sprinkle some more help on the defensive side of the ball, of course. And then on top of that, to understand that there's a shorter lifespan for the running back. 
And that's just the bottom line. It's nasty, but it's true. <laughs> the running back lifespan is very short. And it's, it's going to be even shorter if you don't go out there and get a, a strong, dominant running back to pair up with Ezekiel Elliott. Now, if you pay him a bunch of money, if you pay him a boatload of money and don't give him no help, ooh, it's going to look nasty for us. Ooh, it can look nasty for us. But I don't want to lie to you guys to kick it with you. I don't want to pee down your back and say, oh, don't worry. That's just rain. No, I don't want to do that with you guys because I love you. I, I really want the best for this team. So right now, what would be best for this team is to figure out how we can help out this, this defense first. Maybe a defensive tackle like my guy, uh, David Alexander the Great says, and Toot Robinson. They, they, both, they both on the same page. Get somebody defensively that you can put up front who can collapse the pocket and uh, make the quarterbacks pay. And stop the run, too, because that tape that, we got, that they got out there as far as the Colts and the uh, Rams game, that's going to be tape that all NFL teams are going to look at and say, okay, this is how you beat up this Dallas Cowboys defense. So it, it's, it's looking like we're going to have to have to look at this draft and say to ourselves how we can elevate this team and better parameters as it relates to, for number one, finding defensive help. Number two, finding a, a, a good running back that can help out the young quarterback. Number three would be this right here. Where in the world a tight end that can help run steam routes? We, I, I love the growth factor with Blake Jarwin, but we still need some consistency with him. <laughs> it, it, we got committee tight end by committee <laughs> and we already knew how uh, wide receiver by committee looked for us uh, all of the beginning of this uh, season it didn't work well it did not work well trying to put those spare parts out there with the with the Deontay Thompson's of the world right <laughs> and hoping that uh, you know they can get on the same page with the Alan Hearns shout out to Alan Hearns but they weren't going to win it on, on the outside every, each and every down. So we're going to have to figure this thing uh, one way or another. <laughs> Toot Robinson says Zeke already lost some speed. He already lost some speed. Uh, we saw some plays that we knew for sure that it was if, if, it, if it was his rookie year, capturing the edge, that would have put seven points on the board. So... <clears throat> Rodney Ellis says E.T. wants too much. What is too much? Um, I, is 10 million too much? Is 12 million too much? Is, is 9 million too much? Uh, I think we're going to have the cash. We, I think we're going to have 74 or something like that. We're going to have a lot of money. We are going to have a lot of money. Hollywood Brown, Law, we need to get this kid. What, what position do Hollywood Brown play? Let me know, Martin. Let me know. Put that down in the comment box because I really need to take a look at it. Uh, Starboy50 says we need a, a backup quarterback, a legit one. I agree one, not 1,000%. I agree 1 million percent. We need to stop playing around with the Cooper Rush of the world and the Mike White. And we kept them guys on the roster for the entire year. And the development process, that's one thing that I know for sure that this particular uh, coaching staff, they're not just great at that. Mm -mm, no, I, I, and I'm not trying to throw salt and shade at this particular quarterback staff or, or quarterback coaching or, or quarterback positioning staff. They don't develop players here in Dallas Cowboys. They don't. They just do not develop players. 
Now, what we can do to help out the quarterback, what have you, is to put a veteran quarterback into the mix. There should be some veteran guys out there that we can go out there and squeeze and pull on his, put on his roster to, I guess, push Dak Prescott in certain parameters. And, and let, me just look, let me just talk to you guys about this. Going forward, we, it's, going to be, it's going to be hard for us to get like number one, number two, number three, number four draft picks. I think that naturally the talent that we got on this team, we are always going to be in the round. We're always going to be in the area of winning at least eight games. And I call it the Romo effect. <laughs> Romo always won at least around eight games and beyond. That's just the bottom line. Including whatever he had around him, it's always been eight round that margin of eight games and beyond. But I'm not talking about the quarterback per se. I'm talking about the collective wins that we get and where we're going to be picking at in the draft. Meaning that we're always going to be in the middle of the pack, so we're not going to be that team that that can get some guys that's, that's going to be here having like a, a a first or second or third overall overall draft grade on them. We had our chances, right? We can go back and look at it. We had it in, in Tony Romo's career. We had it, what, twice. Tyrone Smith. And, and that was a good pickup for, for, for to get Tyrone Smith, right? And then we had it, uh, I want to say, somebody can correct me on the years. Uh, we had it with Tyrone Smith and we had it with Mo Claiborne. We, we moved up just a little bit. I'm not even going to say the Dez Bryant year because Dez Bryant was still like real right at 16, 17, uh, picking around that area or 19, 18, somewhere around that area. So we we won with Tyron Smith. We laid the egg with, with, with Mo Claiborne because I can look at other guys that was in that draft that we could have selected like the Fletcher Cox of the world, right? The, uh, the, the other guy, the Luke Keekleys of the world. They was picked or they were drafted after Mo Claiborne. So we, I guess this was post, this was, this was a pre a Will McClay era too. So, <laughs> so I'm never going to, to me, in my opinion, I just don't see this team winning only three or four games. So we're going to always be picking somewhere in the middle of the draft, regardless come hell and high water. So what we're going to have to do is figure out a way that, if we really want that, that guy with that first round grade or something like that, we're going to have to will and deal. <laughs> and that's, the, that's, going, that's going to be the only thing. We're going to have to make some hard cuts and some hard trades. We're going to have to package some things together. We may have to pull a page from the Patriots book. I, and I know a lot of people don't like us saying this about the Patriots, but that's the reality of, the, of everything. They figure out a way to say, okay, with this first round draft that we got, I'll, I'll sell it off and I get two second round draft picks and we, which will be equivalent to a first round draft pick and we can utilize those players and we let these people have the first round draft pick and we'll think long run. Now so far Will McClay been doing a fantastic job with this drafting but what we have to do in order to, uh, to get things going in the right graces would be figuring out ways to just do this right here Cowboy Nation to utilize where we're picking in a draft to pick the best player available or gamble to get that dynamic player that can, that can just make this team explosive. Let me see what all we got in the chat box, man. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in. Let me know down below whether or not you love best player available or team needs. All right. So let's, let's look at it. This, this right here, Nick Lopez says, not only do we, 
not only a need pick, but pick for a certain style of defense. Then we can change the style of defense next year. Hmm. That's a good question. That is a very good question. So, okay. Picking the best player that fits the scheme of what we're trying to do. Hmm. Um, and then Nikki uh, says here, right here, says uh, what we really need to do is a better offensive coordinator. Open up that playbook, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I've been preaching that to the high heavens, but it don't look like that's going to change. I really think that Earl Thomas is going to be on his team next year. I really do. <laughs> I, I really do think that Earl Thomas, one way or another, going to be on his team. And I think that he can benefit, help benefit this team tremendously. I think that if we really want to be nasty and grimish like the New England Patriots, not saying that they're the best team since sliced bread, but what I'm saying is they, the way their front office move around and will and deal with their picks, I think that we may have to make some hard cuts and some hard trades. We may have to bumble, jumble up some packages together and make some trades and and it'll be a guy that everybody have love and adulations for right it'll be like the jeff heaths of the world it'll be like uh, uh maybe a cole beasley <laughs> it may be like one of those things where you trade a taco charlton you know it, it can be one of those things whereas you can look at it and say okay uh sean lee you saying that you want to come back well we'll trade you it, it, it's those are hard things to do and that's how that's the harsh reality of looking at this 2019 draft <clears throat> all right, so Toot Robinson, Dak needs another game changer. I mean, all right, so we can look at it from here. This coaching staff do not know how to use Tavon Austin. We can agree with that, right? And I said he's the speed factor. He's the speed force on this team. He can go to zero to 100 real quick. They just don't know how to utilize him, right? So that we're going to put that in the box. And then we're going to talk about just a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott. They don't know how to scheme Ezekiel Elliott. They saying, okay, based upon Ezekiel Elliott' natural God-given talent, this is what he's going to do. They're not going to methodically scheme Ezekiel Elliott open. The, the, what we saw a couple of well last week against the Rams, Dallas Cowboys just not going to do that. <laughs> they scheme C.J. Anderson for a hundred yards. We're not going to see any scheming going on. We may see one or two sprinkling in the, in the game, and they're going to point and say, hey, you see, you see. You see, they creative. No, one or two a game is not being creative. I'm talking about scheming. I'm talking about going into a game saying that this guy, uh, just based upon the alignment and assignment and based upon this particular team's tendencies, Rod Smith is going to get 100 yards today. Ezekiel Elliott, you're only going to get 50. <laughs> uh, just based off of tendencies. We're going to motion one way. We're going to do a lot of smoke and mirrors. And Rod Smith is going to be the guy that's going to be the bell cow today. We're going to utilize both weapons today. <laughs> but no, Dallas Cowboys got the philosophy, whereas my men are better than yours. We're going to line up everybody, and we're going to fight and pursue and chase to the ball. That's why the team is an 8-8. Eight and eight. That's why the team is 8-8, eight and eight, basically. Because there's going to be teams that regardless of how they match up, regardless of what they look like, they're just not going to be able to outpower and outwith or, or, or outstand or, 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 or survive the Dallas Cowboys front offensive line. They're not, they, they, they are just not going to be able to beat Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> they don't have the matchup that's going to be able to beat Amari Cooper. And then there are teams that can just take away Amari Cooper. There are teams that can take away the run. So how are you going to be able to defeat those type of things? Through scheming. 
Yes, you, you got to do something to scheme your team to win at some time. At one way or another, you got to do that. But we're just, just allowing on team power and presence to win games, yeah, you can win games. <laughs> I, I can probably tell you you can win eight to nine of them easily. But when you don't scheme at all and you just look at a team and say, my man will win just off of sure will and determination, it will happen. You'll win games that way. We saw it. <laughs> But it won't. It will not be consistently. And and I think that this team, the way we look at it, and we look at the total works of Jason Garrett, is what it is. Let the AI speak. Let's see what we got to say from here. Thank you for the donation. Dallas Cowboys should pursue Earl Thomas in free agency. Dallas should target Dexter Lawrence, Clemson, number ninety, in round two. Can you get some film on him? Oh yeah. And then there'll be another D-Law, right? <laughs> Thank you for the donation to help grow the nation, Alexander the Great. Really appreciate that. So with that being said, guys, we really going to have to look at everything, measure twice, cut once. And uh, and, and still, we still love the Cowboys. Just because we talk down on a team doesn't mean that we are fickle fans, we hate the team, or we're we not true fans and things like that. And, and I love uh, people with different opinions, different views. That's what makes the world go around, you know. Auntie Shirley Spaghetti may not be the best to everyone, but to somebody, Auntie Shirley Spaghetti is the best to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and some people put sugar on their spaghetti. Some people put hot sauce and uh, ranch dressing. So d people different. You know, it's a different world. And what we do uh, collectively is we don't shun the person that do things differently. Uh, so with that being said, uh, yes, in order for this team to uh, to elevate themselves, we, we can have a chance to get into Dexter Lawrence, right? D-Law, somebody that can put it inside and, and wreak havoc that way. Or we can just figure out other ways of, of getting a, uh, a first-round draft-grade caliber player that have a little off-the-field issues and or injury issues and, and hope for the best and <laughs> believe in our, uh, I guess, medical staff to, to elevate these people, you know. But – it's one of those things, guys, where we're going to have to look back collectively at, every, at everything and see how we can improve this team. Uh, that's all the time I have for today. I really appreciate everybody who made the super chats. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys who just subscribed to this channel and being part of the nation. Uh, don't forget, leave me players. Once this video has been posted, leave me some players that I can take a real good look at that can help elevate this team, that can help put this team in a better light. Uh, so many things it's a long way before the uh, draft time is, is around here uh, don't forget to uh, I'm on iTunes uh, Spotify we can get this thing going oh it will happen Cowboy Nation one way or another just continue to keep a focused mind positive mind and uh, it will happen when the end comes for me let it find me conquering a new mountain right not sliding down an old one. Oh my goodness, Dexter Lawrence, six foot four, three hundred and fifty-one pounds. Ooh, tonight that will be my that will be my review tonight, guys. Dexter Law, that's what I'm gonna look up. Six foot four, three hundred and fifty-one pounds. Are you are you catfishing me, Nick? Lopez, eighty-one. Are you catfishing me? Oh my goodness, are you catfishing me? Six foot four, 351 pounds. Woo. Man. Neil, I appreciate you, man. 
Stellos. Yes, there'll be a lot of uh, howling. I don't have my uh, my wolves, but I will get this thing going, man. But ooh wee, I'm gonna say this again. Look, matter of fact, I'm gonna jam the music up to six foot four, three hundred and fifty-one pounds. You think y'all like Jalen Smith this year or last year, whatever? And LVE, ooh, can you imagine they had a plug like Dexter? Oh my goodness, is he built all together? Is all that weight compact or is he just like one of those burly, belly hanging over the knees guys? I can't wait to take a look at him. (laughs) Peace. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. All right. Dexter Lawrence, boy. If he can can last that long, boy. Woo-wee. And he's athletic. Oh, my goodness. Boy, that would be nasty. Tune it up, baby. Appreciate the donation to help grow the nation. Dexter Lawrence going to be my review tonight. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. I can't wait to watch his film. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Jamming on up, baby. Yeah. We in this thing to win it, baby. One way or another, we're out. Yes, live like 95.